Eddie Murphy comes to America, Michael Bay brings about Armageddon, and Will Smith gives Iron Man a run for his money. This week on 30 What up, world? It is 302010, your weekly look back in the past 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman. I'm going to let my soul glow. <laughs> soul glow. Soul glow. Uh, and it's me, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. And Sarah is going to do something a little different that starting this week. You've been looking into the books and comedy albums. That's right. So not only will 302010 be looking back at the movies, TV shows, video games, music releases of uh, 1988, 1998, and 2008. Yeah, we now got some so little some books by popular demand. Uh, I hope you join us because this is a good week for movies. I will say the worst week of television we've ever encountered Ooh, yeah. uh, as we cover June 29th through July 5th. 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Have I been clear about the premise of the show yet? Good. So yes, 30, 20, 10. We must begin, as always, in 1988. June 29th to July 5th is a period we're covering this week, and we start with a little bit of news uh, from something Diana put in here that she knew I couldn't pronounce. It's not that hard. July 3rd, 1988, the USS Vincennes. Thank you. That's a lot of words, for a lot of letters for two syllables. Well, that's a lot French. of ends in there. <laughs> USS Vincennes uh, shoots down a commercial airliner around Flight 655, killing all 290 on board mm. because they were patrolling in the Straits of Hormuz at the Persian Gulf, and like some Iranian jet, like they thought it was doing a thing, and then they see this other plane and they uh, shoot it down. We had to pay Iranian families a bunch of money for this. And money solves everything, so they should. I'm pro- they're probably fine now. Sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not mad. Yep. And relations between the new nations were always <laughs> great forever. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, okay. So now that we're all depressed, this, you're going to get real happy by the end of this. Because if I didn't say this, this is not only one of my favorite movies of this year. Um, it might be the, the movie that resurrects the Monday night movie for Laser Time. Mm, yeah. Okay. Right all right. Yeah. We have, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is Summer of George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Summer. Every week there's at least one good thing, and there's a couple of them like last week where it's just there's great movies everywhere. That's so true. I don't, nothing's going to top last week. That was pretty insane. Yeah. I rewatched every one of those movies after we did the show. <laughs> That's how good they were. But yeah, movies of 1988, June 20th, 29th through July 5th. Uh, duh. <laughs> Da? Okay. Da? So you can tell that the internet didn't exist in 1988 because a movie called Da, da. is the worst SEO of all time. <laughs> yes, the movie just to be called Did You Mean Anything? <laughs> yeah. Did you da. mean pa? Did you mean dad? Dad? Yeah, no, it's, well, it's called Da because it's bad and Irish dad. Da. Ah, yes. Da. Me da. Who's mm-hmm. played by Martin Sheen? Oh, it can't be Martin Sheen. No, um, Martin Sheen's the son. That's yeah. how far back this is. Bernard Hughes is the dad. Uh, with William Hickey. We have a little bit of the trailer for you. Da. Two days ago, Charlie's dad died. Yeah, but I don't want to drop me. I'm not too angry for you, am I? Well, sort of. And now, returning to his father's home, Charlie finds he's been left an unusual inheritance. Love, guilt, and total confusion. Da, the story of a man confronting his father's spirit. Do you see this? Do you know what this is? It's a death certificate. It's your death certificate. What is up with the New Orleans oompa music? <laughs> this Irish comedy. 
<laughs> I kind of want to see this. I don't know. I mean, I love Mia Martin Sheen at any age. Mm. He looks real good in this. Real good. I love him. He's got the perfect Dick Tracy hair. That's my favorite period of Martin Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also love a good uh, Irish black humor mm. situation. The Irish do love to talk about and joke about death. Uh, well, moving on to other movies I haven't seen this week before we get to the ones okay. I have. We're... Uh, <laughs> da, it's called Da, Diana. Da, we're about to hit the weirdest shit we've ever seen. Um, the Daniel Day Lewis wacky comedy, close yeah. second though. But Rented Lips by Robert Downey Sr. Oh, dude, I, I saw Robert Downey Jr. in the cast, but like when you put Robert Downey Sr. in there, I get real intrigued. That guy's crazy in the, in the best that way. That guy's <laughs> fucking crazy. Putney Swope is awesome. I recommend it. It'll be coming up on Classic Corner pretty oh soon. Oh my God, Probably Putney Swope. Um, so he's an insane person, and uh, this movie disturbs me deeply because <laughs> he's filming his son, Robert Downey Jr. Well, let me just read the premise off of IMDb and Wikipedia. They have the same thing. Premise, a documentary filmmaker whose most recent work is Aluminum, our shiny friend, is offered the chance to shoot his long-dreamt musical on Indian farming techniques if he completes the shooting of a porn film financed by an evangelical church and uses the same cast and crew. Complications ensue. Ooh, that just sounded like a word salad to me. <laughs> so the the cast of the porn... It's Mad Libs, the movie! <laughs> as, long as, as long as you use the same cast of characters who are in the pornography, he can keep the movie going. And I'm guessing his own son is in the pornography somewhere. Uh, yeah, he's wearing a Nazi uniform uh, oh, in damn. every clip I find. Oh, wow. damn. Wow. He no. also stars Mount, Martin Mull, uh, Jennifer Tilly, Dick Sean in his final role. Edie Williams? Oh, I didn't know Edie Williams. June Lockhart pops up. From Kenneth Lassie? Lassie pops up. So, uh, so I found a clip that will make you start crying blood. Have fun. <laughs> Yay. Um, thank you for the wonderful time. You're welcome, of course. I cannot die like this. Oh, no. I need your, I need your lips. I want your lips. I must have your lips. Well, rinse <laughs> Wow, you really do need to see that. We're going to have to put that underneath the article. That was Robert Downey Jr. as a Nazi in very, very, very short shorts with a really nice taint shot talking to yep. Jennifer Tilly, who's dressed as wow. a Frenchman. And there's like an astronaut uh, in the background. Yeah. I mean, it's all fucking weird. And then you remember, oh, at the end of this is going, cut. Okay, son, come here. I'm your dad. Let me talk about this fake porn we're making where you're making these <laughs> tiny little pants and you're gyrating on camera. Okay, action. More gyrating, son. It does look like a porn shoot on the set of uh, It's a Small World After All. Like, <laughs> you really do need to see it. It looks crazy. Oh, uh, oh my God. Never been on DVD. What a surprise. It's oh, a hard world love after all. Those. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie has been on DVD with almost no special features. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best comedies of the year. Um, bad sound, but pay attention. Eddie Murphy is Prince of Zamunda. Do you think just once I might use the bathroom by myself? He has everything. Wipe Except what his heart desires most. I intend to find my bride. But where can one find a woman suitable for a king? Queens. A couple rich fellas like you should be in Manhattan. We're ordinary African students. That'll be $300. Coming to America. Rated R. Oh, I love Coming to America so, so much. I don't know oh, why, man. but I love pointing this out just because I, for some reason, we were sitting down eating with the family a few months ago, whole family, and we decided to pick a movie. And I don't know how we ended up doing it. We picked Coming to America. 
And it's just like, I've seen this so many times on USA and Comedy Central. I forgot, like, this is a real hard R. Yes. <laughs> this is a real yes, hard it R. Is. <laughs> uh, lots of nudity and all that stuff. Uh, so mom, mom winced a little bit. But like, other than that, we all still had a great fucking time. Mm-hmm. But I, this really might be Eddie Murphy's finest movie ever. I, yeah. I wanted to bring that up too. Because the only one I would put in its category as trading places right. or maybe 48 hours but those are both buddy movies right he's a co-lead yeah. but this is a this is eddie murphy he's above the title he's the star sorry arsenio he's so, the star and he kills it right. it's so good the, everything in it's so good and the story of the movie is uh what the prince of samunda mm-hmm. um not 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 andy kaufman's partner the place the fictional place in africa it's right next to wakanda i'm mm-hmm. guessing mm-hmm. and I, I say i throw that out there there's a ton of pl- like Coming to America references in Black Panther, I believe, intentionally. Because- yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a couple. I know I saw a picture of a guy going to the movie dressed as James Earl Jones from Coming <laughs> to America. I saw that like, too. You was- won the year. God bless Ooh. that man. It was special. But yeah, the the, the spoiled prince um, of African royalty who wants to live a real life in New York City circa 1988 and Arsenio Hall is also in the movie mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. but but it's well, he's, his, he's his minder he's his little buddy right yeah. I just I just like I wish they cut out like every multiple character he plays because Eddie Murphy's characters are so good, so good and get way more and should get more screen time but it, oh I don't know Arsenio is that that really sexually aggressive woman yeah, I suppose. I like, I like that. <laughs> just, I can eat you up and your friend. It's just as his preacher character is like everybody's black preacher character. And then Eddie Murphy comes out and like you can barely recognize his voice and face. Like that was excellent. Yeah. Um, oh, is that when he's fronting sexual, sexual chocolate? chocolate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it, that's that's the thing I like to point out. I, I will go see almost any comedy movie as long as that comedian has had a part in writing it. Because that means hmm. they wa- they want to okay. do it and know how to showcase what they can do well. Uh, I didn't go back and revisit Eddie every every Eddie Murphy movie, but I've seen almost all of them. Uh, this is sort of the first time we had that Eddie Murphy plays multiple characters thing happening. He mm-hmm. did voices and impressions in some of his other movies, but as far as like dressing up and just being another character, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. happened here. For it, like it's part of the plot of Trading Spaces, uh, but but places, not the places. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fuck you, Paige. Trading Places, which by the way, this is one of my favorite shared universes because the villains of Trading <laughs> Trading Places pop up and <gasps> oh, come to America. Right, the Duke brothers have a cameo. Well, it's John Landis. It is John. It is John Landis, and I was John Landis again. But yeah, the Duke brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're rich, back. Get rich again. It's, but they weren't back. They. <laughs> I wanted there to be another Duke brothers movie. But uh, they're both gone now. Sorry. But yeah, read reading about the hardship they had on this, that Eddie Murphy was an up and comer when John Landis directed trading places. And then at at this point, John Landis had been involved in the death of three people and was having a hard time getting work. And Eddie Murphy was the biggest thing in the stratosphere. And uh, they both hated each other and talked a bunch of shit about each other. I believe John Landis's quote from Playboy was, he was the pig of the world. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yikes. And Eddie Murphy's like, yeah, he tried to touch me. Fuck that guy. I was doing him a favor. And they eventually like worked together again. So they settled their differences. But like, it was just an, a very odd thing to see people talk that heavy as shit for a product that came out real fucking well. Yeah. You don't really see that level of shit talking yeah. anymore. It was, And it wasn't during the movies yeah, coming out. It was a little still, after the fact. Yeah. They would work together again in the terrible Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah. <laughs> it's I revisited this movie and I kind of also really enjoyed it was just 
fun to watch. Like yep. it's beautiful to watch. Yep. Like the the set pieces and the costumes and mm-hmm. everything. There's just always something interesting to see visually, which you know, it's, it's not common for a comedy. Yeah, it's not a That's Christmas. I, I want to say this got a Best Costume Oscar nomination. Probably mostly for some of the African dress costumes yeah. with the oh like the God. feathers and everything are yeah, gorgeous. Those scenes, I could rewind them and watch them over again just because there's so many details there. I love it. I've always wanted to clip a sash on myself with a tiger's face. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fox doll that's like that. If you want to do it in a tiny version, because <laughs> I because I watched so many movies from the '40s. This is such a tangent, but I'm kind of obsessed with fox dolls that still have the head on them and the legs, and yeah. they look like just a fox got run over by a steamroller. Yep. You know what so goes really? I got one. Or so, Arrested Development also has <laughs> right. So. Yeah, and it's got a thing where it clips. There's a clip in the mouth that attaches to the paw, and that's how you clip it together. Oh. That's insane to me <laughs> that that I got was a it thing. On eBay for like ten bucks because no one wants these of anymore. Right. Not. <laughs> Grandma had because it. it doesn't go with and anything other than red paint. <laughs> it's so horrible. And but, gin. So I, I have it, and I just have it to have it. So it's like in a box under the bed, and so every three years or so, I end up finding it accidentally, <laughs> and then I put it somewhere so Michael will find it and it'll scare him. Nice. That's awesome. I wish I was still so around to scare open Michael. The closet and then just this thing just drops on it <laughs> i think that's your lucille bluth costume for this year i think oh. i think you should be filming this right now god damn it <laughs> <laughs> but I, again that's that's my takeaway from the film because I, I think the greatest thing about my favorite thing about the film is just the barbershop characters yeah oh um, really good really and, oh, also i should mention it is so weird that i i rewatched uh about half of this but it's at the same time i'm watching luke cage yeah and it's <laughs> It's it's a weird just be so engulfed in like a black neighborhood and like barbershop culture, but in such completely different ways. Yeah, but you're right that I watched the first two episodes too, and that like the barbershop is like on the same it looks the almost exactly the same. You have to walk on the same <laughs> steps to get to Luke Cage's store. Oh anyway. Anyway, can I play a clip from the barbershop scene? This is Eddie Murphy. I wish that you would. Arsenio Hall. Cuba Gooding Jr. silently getting his hair cut. That's right. <laughs> and I, I totally forget the other guy's name who's actually talking. And Eddie Murphy, again, doing some naughty white face. You don't do that, people. Can't Oof. be. <laughs> Love it. Pound for pound, Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest fighter ever lived. Oh, come on, man. What about Joe Lewis? The Bronx Bomber. <laughs> now, that was a great boxer. You damn right. I suppose nobody in here ever heard of Cassius Clay. We got a point. Cassius Clay was a bad motherfucker. Hey, I ain't saying Clay ain't bad. I'm just saying, I stopped liking Cash Clay. What's the change the name to Muhammad Ali? What kind of shit is that? Wait a second. Wait a second. A man has the right to change his name to whatever he wants to change it to. And if a man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, God damn it, this is a free country. You should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could watch this all fucking day. So good. I'm so sad there's only six minutes of this in the movie. Uh, but that, I love that that's Eddie Murphy arguing with himself. Yep. And right. I, I don't know. Is Until, it... I think it's one of the best. I mean, that whole scene is great. But the point where they start arguing about whether Cassius Clay could beat up Muhammad Ali. Yeah. <laughs> he was 76 <laughs> years old. It's <laughs> just the best joke of all time. I, I'm so, I, I love it. It's, it. This is like people you're looking at the original message boards. Uh, yep. barber, That's true. <laughs> barber shops. Also, I'm sorry. Can I give a shout out to uh, a, a bunch of supporting actors, though? Yeah. Um, we got the one scene of Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yep. 
He gets he gets uh, he gets done up with a mop handle. Yep. Eric Eric LaSalle. Yes. I love yes. it in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Louis oh. Anderson as a fry cook. <laughs> oh, I love Louis Anderson. And um, oh shoot, not John Witherspoon. Uh, who is it that plays uh, the owner of McDowell's? Oh shit, the uh, guy from Good Times. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, John Amos. Okay, yeah, he's great. Yep. Just, I think didn't I see a thing? It was like a couple months back. They actually built a like they, they did. refashioned a McDowell's in in Chicago. They, yeah, and that or Brooklyn or something. They made the they made a McDowell's, which is different from McDonald's because they, they have the Big Mac. They didn't do it in Queens. Uh, I mean, they should have done it in Queens. God damn it! Right? Yeah, but it's it's just such a hipster Brooklyn yeah, fuckery thing to do. It truly is. And, and just but this movie, it not only holds up well. It's like I'm I'm a fan when Eddie Murphy does multiple characters that's kind of the only time mm-hmm. i want to see whatever he's in i think it's never not funny and i know i'm in the minority there uh but it starts here and it, it kind of didn't go anywhere for a couple of years and now that and it sort of became synonymous with what eddie murphy did and if you would like to see more of eddie murphy in whiteface which is naughty don't do it this halloween it offends white people um <laughs> look up white, white snl white like me it is so fucking funny <laughs> God, I love white like me. Ugh, Jesus, come and we might do it for a Monday night movie. Uh, my bud Trav TL, don't know what to call you, buddy. Sorry, keep fucking around with your name. Uh, he was like, yeah, it might be one of the greatest movies of all time. And I, I just watched it, and I totally agree with you. I will watch this again immediately, mm. and we might you do it live. It's one of the best comedies of the year, which mm. is the easy call. I'm going to mm. go top hundred comedies of all time. Right, hundred percent agree. Right, it totally yeah. belongs there. Maybe Co-sign. fifty, top fifty, maybe top twenty. I don't Co-sign. know. Co-sign. But this Co-sign movie makes me laugh every damn time. Yeah, and I remember. Like, I wanted to look into, like, what what the fuck? Why hasn't there been a sequel to that? And not only that, shit gets real dire for Eddie Murphy. This will be the, this will be the movie he makes a sequel of. Because yeah. it's the one that most people want to mm-hmm. see. But then I look, of course, he's been talking about it being a pre-production for years. That he's working on writing it. Really? I don't know how you make this movie again. Mm. We just had Crocodile Dundee 2 come out. The fish out of water scenario doesn't really work when you reverse it <laughs> and yeah. kind, of, yeah. kind of kills your franchise. But I think like now, now is the fucking time to do a coming to America too. I would love to see oh, it. You and, know what it'll be? It'll be his fucking kid. Oh, you're right. He'll, he'll be the one yeah. sleeping with his bath, uh, his bathers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one of those movies too. My stepson is 11 and I'm like, Oh, how long do we have to wait before we show him this? Like, no. I don't know. A couple, edit. 20 minutes. TV yeah, edit okay. We could do the TV edit. Definitely. I just, I'm taking his comedy education very seriously. And so it's kind of like, <laughs> that the most... is responsible of you. Good thank, job. Thank you. And I, I'm thank saying you. again, if you, you're a hero, if you've seen this on, <laughs> Edited for television, you think you've seen it, please find a way to watch it unedited because this is this is a hard R that like I had I totally forgot how much gets cut out of this movie. Yeah. Uh, when it airs on pay, uh, regular television. Gotta move on uh, to T why am I saying gotta move on? Nothing's happening in fucking television. <laughs> <laughs> no. If you don't wanna if you don't wanna talk about it, I could talk about uh Jerry Curl and Soul Glow for a while. <laughs> um, because Act- is this activator? I-, I could never get my head around that. Uh, or or vice I- versa. Yeah, I don't. I can't pretend that I'm an expert on black hair. Um, I had a lot of black friends when I was really little, and so I got some of this sort of thing. At, and it was just at the same time when Jerry curls were going out. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always been fascinated by like the moisturizing spray and the texturizing stuff you use, especially on natural hair, yeah, so that when the light hits it, it looks like it's full of glitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I and I, I, I love I, that. I have curly hair and wanted it straightened, and got my black friend to put in like serious. 
like high level pimp black hair relaxer in my head and it gave me like third degree burns across oh, my forehead because no. we didn't know what the fuck yeah, we were doing wrong ass chemicals in i'm those just things. picturing you but i love that it's, it's not yeah. a straightener it's you know to kind of curl it but also soften the curls mm. and then, like everyone in the family because that's how they made the money so everyone just looks like they dumped olive oil on their head okay uh, that's something let your soul glow yeah um yeah, jesus that, christ if there's one thing that's going to be dated that is very dated like no one does jerry <laughs> it, curls it, anymore. it requires it explanation it does yeah <laughs> it is this the year in tv where family feud comes back it is it is oh, oh you know what i get to give myself for then See, if you've never heard one of the Laser Time quizzes, <laughs> that is our correct sound is Family Feud. Not necessarily, that's not Family Feud. That is actually literally from the Mr. Show uh, shoe lie detector test uh, sketch. <laughs> um, <laughs> with no laughter in it, but that's absolutely from Family Feud. Come on down. Wrong show. This is the new theme, and I always wondered why I associated Family Feud with like hick shit. Yeah. And I thought it was that like hand-sewn logo from back in the day. Yeah, that's but what I But if thought. You, you listen closely, there's banjo in the theme to this day. It's the only game show... St- yep. There's fucking pickety banjo throughout the entire Family Feud well, theme. it sounds like the montage that happens when country mice go to the big city. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Christmas special that I need to write. But Family Feud returns... This was bizarre. After, three years after being canceled... And this pretty much is the longest time Family Feud has been off the air since the 1970s. It has been on the air ever since. Wow. And Yeah, totally. And it's pretty bizarre. Richard Dawson not returning as the host, but will come back after this as the host uh, to resurrect it once again. And then you move on. To touch women inappropriately on camera. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's on camera, so I guess that makes it okay. Sure. And uh, uh, yeah, sends them to fight against the other the super powered guys with the flamethrowers. Thank you so much, Diane. I was segueing right into Running Man that he actually gets to play a movie villain as the host of a game show. It's one of the coolest bit of casting I've ever seen. But Family Feud comes back um, with a new host. Shit, I forgot to write down his name. It is not Richard Dawson. Um, Ray Ray Combs. That's right. Because I always like in my head like Roy Cohn never hosted Family Feud. That's impossible, (laughs) right? Why do I think that? Uh, this is not interesting enough to look up. I'm just going to keep thinking that. Also not inter- interesting enough to look up the Brock Zoo, which concludes this week. Hmm. Uh, even worse, July 3rd, you couldn't wait a fucking night, uh, ABC. The ABC airs a star-spangled celebration. Could have waited 24 hours for this. Tomorrow, join Oprah Winfrey and co-host Robert Urich as they welcome the top names in entertainment, including Bernadette Peters, Tony Bennett, Ben Vereen, Peter Allen, Barbara Mandrell. Loretta Lynn, Suzanne Summers, Alabama, Atlantic Star, and performers from across the nation. It's an all-American 4th of July spectacular, complete with a grand fireworks finale, a star-spangled celebration tomorrow. God, that just... That, those kind of promos seem grotesque. Because, <laughs> like, just, I, I want to obsess over this decade, like, the per- biggest performance of our era... Alabama, Yakov Smirnoff, and Bernadette Peters, you're guaranteed to piss off somebody watching this. Okay, I just, we've seen, since in my tenure at 302010, <laughs> we've seen at least three of these mm-hmm. sort of ensemble variety show ABC presents Who's Available? Yeah, and <laughs> God dang, it must have been really easy to be a star in the 80s. You just do like three or four of these a year where you come out, sing a little song. I mean, Bernadette Peters was rolling in coke money these days, <laughs> I feel like. 
Well, you know, you're right. We have hit a bunch of these. Yeah. This is the one that's got the most people that are still alive, though. True. That's true. That's a good point. This is like 90% still with us, which is, you know, knock on wood. That's yeah. cool. Sorry, Peter Allen. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Allen. You're Al- cool. Um, what, Hugh Jackman played him on stage. Come on. Well, on the actual July 4th, um, NBC has the balls to air a 1987 TV movie. Bates Motel. Did we talk about that last year? That there was Probably. a Bates Motel TV movie? That came out, a uh, pseudo-cycle reboot. Pseudo-cycle reboot. See? You got it. I got got this. I'm a professional podcaster. And they had the gall to go up of an annual special that I've never heard of. PBS's 8th annual A Capital Fourth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. We watch this every year. Do you? Really? Because I was looking through the guest list trying to find who was playing. (laughs) This was like a a free concert, essentially, in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember if a Capital Fourth is separate from the Boston Pops concert because we'd watch that a lot too. Oof, Jesus. But I'm pretty sure they're both on PBS, where you know they play a bunch of John Philip Sousa and yep. then they close it out. I think it's the Boston Pops one. They close it out with the 1812 Overture with like real cannons. Oh, this this it's is like so cool. lethal white people shit. Like <laughs> you could overdose on this stuff. Uh, I was just looking into the guests and then like. And this year, they had the Beach Boys. <laughs> no, not Brian Wilson. We had John Stamos on drums and Mark McGrath on guitar. Like, get this the fuck out of here. Mark McGrath? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm not kidding. Because it's just Mike Love in a touring gang of idiots. Oh. Like, that's essentially what the Beach Boys are now. Just do Kokomo is. over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're doing the Marin County Fair this year. Uh, yeah. Sarah, this is a good time to squeeze in the books. Yeah. I can, I can even segue from this in the video games in a very special way. Well, the bestseller, New York Times bestseller for June 29th through July 5th. That's right. Mm. It's Alaska uh, by James Michener and Ask your dad. Yes, uh, it's the per- it's a real dad book and Michener, It does sound like Jack London 2.0. Yeah. He, well, so he writes these kind of like humongous epic sprawling histories of areas basically. So he also does like Hawaii and it's just kind of Oh, damn. Very long, very Something your dad would be super into, so go talk to him about it. I, I've never really <laughs> yeah. been able to bring myself to crack one open yet. It's historical like, fiction. Yeah. Everyone I, loves it. Exactly. I feel like I need to at least breach 40 before I can really start. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not only weird. Uh, my dad works in um, environment law. Yes. And so all of his friends have essentially retired to write only that. Oh, good. Because there's all, a huge market for seriously, it. Seriously. <laughs> like, yes. And like, it was, they were at both books a million signings. Yeah. And it was so weird. Well, I guess that's true. I mean, my mom's like, and- can you make the book out to Jim Antista? The Jim Antista. <laughs> like, I know Jim. Like, God, you're getting a book signed by my dad's friend and they don't even know it. There's so many of these writers out there. Well, they're. <laughs> All the dudes that age, hopefully they're retiring. They'll have a lot of time to read yes. all these books, basically. Yes, a murder mystery set in the uh, abandoned mental institution. Sweet. <laughs> that sounds really good for a very, very colloquial audience. Yeah, well, we probably won't talk about 1988 books for a little while because this will be the number one fiction bestseller for the next month. Wow. Yeah. All right. Damn. Wringing my hands over Bonfire of the Vanities. When was that? Um, mm, <laughs> I'll get back to you. So I could I could use that to segue into video games. Okay. 1988, June 29th to the 5th, because couldn't find a lot of concrete dates on video games, nor concrete dates are hard to come by in this era. But what we did start seeing, and I mentioned this, I teased this a few months ago, that the Nintendo Fun Club newsletter ceased publication. Nintendo didn't really give you a good reason why, but if you were subscribed, all of a sudden at your door came the first issue of Nintendo Power which to me was the most important magazine 
in the world got me into, I would say, not only magazines, but reading. Oh, yay. Reading. Mario 2 on the cover with a... (laughs) Mario the wrong colored overalls, um, but like... I can't think of anything else in the world like this. Something you always wanted to exist and doesn't for a few years, and then all of a sudden, here's everything you've ever wanted. You can't play games at school, but you can open up this magazine and look through maps, read about tricks. How do I how do I pull the hockey out, the, the goalie out, nice hockey? Or how do I get more lives in Contra? Like this, you open this issue and it's previewing this game you haven't played, the second Quest of Zelda game you've played, maybe having a hard time with, detailed maps, new previews. It was so fucking amazing and i wanted to just supplement it with this commercial which if you grew up in the late 80s early 90s you definitely heard i had to learn these lyrics i Six great issues plus six free strategy guides on a hot new game. That's twice the power for still 15 bucks. Wow, call now. And Diana, as a fan of journalism, you're going to have to love the idea of Nintendo reviewing its own products and having us Uh, trust those reviews. Five stars out of five. I would like to have a word with their ombudsman. uh, (laughs) The internal ethics uh, questions. Uh, uh, I yeah, love love Nintendo Power. I was proud uh, proud as punch, pleased as punch to be part of their 20th anniversary. I wrote some stuff for them before they caved um, a few years later. But um, yeah, Nintendo Power is very very special to people my age, and I'm sure it was if you were around and loved games at this time too. That's all I got for games. We can move, we can close this out with a little bit of music information. New releases uh, this week. Jesus, really? Uh, June 29th through the fifth, South of Heaven by Slayer. And uh, Kylie Minogue's uh, debut, Kylie. Kylie Minogue debuted in 1988. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. She was like a child actor, and then she's on Neighbors she's in Australia. Huge. Right. The cover on this is so 80s. No, she's in, uh, and she's in Street Fighter, uh, the movie. Yeah. But and that was before mm-hmm. I think she made a huge hit in America. I can't even remember that song now. But like, this is this is the first her first hit in America. Everywhere else, she it, this whole album was huge. Yeah. In the U.S., it's pretty much just her cover of the local locomotion. Yeah. So here we considered her just a, a flash in the pan one hit wonder for mm. like a decade. I remember actually specifically seeing this music video for her on uh, Disney Channel. Really? Yeah, they would run. Sometimes they would run like. Kid friendly music videos, I guess, or they would run things called mouse tracks that would just take music yes. and, and use exi- pre existing 1940s, 30s animation over it. Well, I specifically remember two mu- actual real music videos from on the Disney Channel, and it's this one and also The King of Wishful Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That Jimmy Fallon and Paul Rudd just repopularized? Yeah, but I, I have a different memory of that music video, so kid memories are weird. <laughs> is, ooh, is that for After Dark? All right. I remember hearing Locomotion because all the girls in my school were singing it, and I heard the song, and I was just like, maybe I don't like music. <laughs> maybe this isn't for me. This is one of the songs that sometimes I wake up with in my head. Me and I have too. no idea why. <laughs> oh, and this version that's like... That's slower and more boring. Oh, it sounds like a robot singing locomotion. Yeah. Uh, but that. Uh, but I had so many reasons to hate music this week, though. I was gonna say. Uh huh. I was tortured this whole year oh, because I'm so of sorry. Michael Jackson's, I believe, fifth number one off a of Thriller or not Thriller, Bad 
Dirty Diana, which <laughs> literally like a year ago, I finally listened to and could appreciate what a great song this is. Oh, but just I just getting it. taunted with it over and over. It it, it takes all of <sighs> all of my willpower not to put this on every time we karaoke deep. Uh, I just I, I just it. want to sing it in your face with like no blinking. <laughs> oh, <Dirty> oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God dang it, I love this song. It's real. It's it one is of my a favorites. objectively wonderful song. It is. It's so great, but. Ah, uh, couldn't it be Dirty Christina? Come on. <laughs> There's no alliteration there, Di. You should know that more than anybody else. Well, that's going to close us out then, because it's number one this week, Dirty Diana by Michael Jackson, and we will see you once again in 1998. Stay there, people. She looked me deep in the eyes. She touched me so to start. She says there's no turning back. She got me Stop me if you've heard this tale before. I am doing the best to take care of my teeth even though I don't have dental insurance. What I do is I pay for one cleaning every year and a while back I asked the dental hygienist what's something I can do to ensure I don't need dentures by the time I'm 40. Outside of the obvious like flossing every day and sugar is bad, 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 she told me to seriously get an electric toothbrush. But those things can get crazy expensive to say nothing of the replacement brush heads. However, Quip electric toothbrushes they start at just $25 and 302010 listeners can get a free refill pack just by going to getquip.com slash t3 i went electric two years ago and i will never look back every time i brush my teeth it's like i just got a cleaning right now run your tongue across the back of your teeth uh-huh. do you feel the gaps between your teeth or do you feel a singular smooth surface without getting gross if you said the latter you need to consider a quip brush not only is their toothpaste delightful what i love about quip the most is their replacement brush head plans i used to be the kind of guy who used the same toothbrush until it literally fell apart or my mother got me one for christmas but Quip delivers new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. So why not try it? It's for your health, people. It's more convenient, and it won't cost you an arm and a leg. I like it, Oprah likes it, and Quip is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Get yourself a brush set right now with a sleek wall mount and hygienic travel cover by going to getquip.com slash T3. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash T3 right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash T3. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash T and the number three. This week on Laser Time, the internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. The Lake Placid. Wait, what was the other one you uh, referred to? Anaconda, because <laughs> so Anaconda mm-hmm. that references another thing we have plenty of in Florida is snakes, but not so much anacondas. Now you will get some like exotic large like pythons and stuff, but those are all in South Florida, and that's from people buying exotic pets and saying Drug like, dealers. "Well, I don't want the snake anymore, so I will dump it in the fucking Everglades," and it's a real problem. You're free, yeah. anthrax. It's go yeah. live. Yeah. It's mainly drug dealers. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> all right, farewell. <laughs> DMX the snake. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice while it lasted. (laughs) That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Focus on this. The air seductionist. More than lyricists in this rap metropolis. More like an activist. We give it to you all. Presentation will make you have a more. Sounds are conceiving, causing you to meditate. Manip-
coming in with Fallen Up off of Behind the Front, the debut album of the Black Eyed Peas. Yes, that was that pre-Fergie area of, uh, what would you call that, indie respectability. Because I was <laughs> I was a little uh, indie punk rock dude, and I didn't manage to see Black Eyed Peas like twice, because that's those were the areas they were going in. They weren't playing the civic centers and the big venues. They were uh, they were this this rugged little uh, hip hop group. Um, Jesus, it's it like so long ago. And now Did we're you like, say they were on Warp Tour. Yeah, I saw I, I saw them at Warp Tour. Um, That's really cool. The year uh, Blink One Eighty Two headlined with Eminem. Man, oh uh, sorry, I just got a pang of like what? depressing age like right <laughs> when I said that. The the in the luxurious venue of um, the Atlanta parking lot, an Atlanta parking lot mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> during the summer. Where there was limited water fountains, but all the free yoo-hoo you could drink. Oh, everybody came oh back. Oh, my God. Everybody came back with Jackson Pollock paintings in their underwear Ooh. because, like, that was just the worst thing when you're thirsty as shit in 100 degrees. Uh, but that's the music. <laughs> We're talking about music of 1998, June 29th to the 5th. Uh, their new releases, System of a Down self-titled debut also came out Ooh. this week. Holy shit. Ruthless, life of, uh, Ruth- Ruthless for Life by MC Ren after a split from DJ Stimpy. That is a dad joke. That yeah. I'm ashamed of, and I would like to take out, but I feel it's important. No, I set an in. example here. Own it. That means, yeah, I'll own it. Um, new Power uh, sold by the New Power Generation and the artist formerly known as Prince. Is that still happening in 98? In 98, yeah. yeah. This yeah. officially came out as by the New Power Generation. Not uh, no, Prince is not mentioned anywhere on there, except that like he wrote like all the songs that he performs on. Holy shit. Of them and- I just was, during my one of my... Almost monthly Norm Macdonald YouTube benches. I found just a compilation of him. Prince has decided to call himself the artist formerly known as Prince, or just the artist. I will continue to call him what I've always called him, Giant Fruit. <laughs> that was Norm Macdonald's <laughs> joke about Prince for like two months. <laughs> Sorry. Miles from Our Home by Cowboy Junkies is also out this week. Uh, Rage Against the Machine's first live album, Live and Rare, is out. Uh, album I listen to a ton, Life Won't Wait by Rancid, uh, is out this week. Is that a follow-up and outcome? The Wolves? Fucking love that album. Uh, Embria by Maxwell. El Nino by Def Squad. And Car on Wheels. Car Wheels on a Gravel Road by Lucinda Williams. The Boy is Mean is, of course, going to be number one forever by Brandy and Monica. Damn. We talked about that a few few months back. Now, let's let's see if we can bring you into the world of 19... The world of 1998 uh, with I, a little bit of news. I have to, I have to get super self-indulgent Do here it, in this news. So June 30th, uh, World Cup is going on. It's into elimination. And England loses to Argentina in the World Cup and is uh, out of the playoffs because David Beckham is sent off with a red card. He got hit by a guy. He flopped. And then he tripped him as the other guy was walking away. The Daily Mirror headline the next day is 10 Heroic Lions, One Stupid Boy. <laughs> now, he gets. here's where I got to get into this. Mm-hmm. So I was in Italy at the time. Mm. I'd been living in England all year. Now I'm backpacking around. I'm in Italy. And I have to tell you, Americans all have to go to a country that cares about soccer during the World Cup. Ooh. It's fucking great. Okay. Okay. Every, it's it's a communal experience. Like even when the Lakers are in the playoffs and you're in LA, it's like not the same. Like you could just be walking down the street and all of a sudden all the car horns start going off and it's like, <laughs> oh, we scored a goal. It's it's so communal. So I was in Italy and I was getting on a plane back to England to go get all my shit and then go back to the states. And this England Argentina game starts and they're made big rivals. Um, they fought a war, so <laughs> they have TVs set up in the airport. And everyone's crowded around them watching it. And then they're like, okay, it's boarding time. And we're like, but, but, but they're like, seriously, like shoving people on the plane. Like, we'll tell you what happens. Come on, get on the fucking plane. On the plane was a Scottish air crew and Scotland had been knocked out of the World Cup and they don't like England. 
So every now and then <laughs> this nice lady would get on and tell us what was going on. She's like, uh, we will be landing at Stansted in 20 minutes. And if you're following the World Cup, David Beckham has just been sent off and England is down 1-0. And everyone go, ah! Oh! <laughs> Holy I shit. I sounded super happy about it. <laughs> everyone, like, it was this weird experience. Everyone on the plane is thinking the same thing and there's nothing we can do about it. There's mm -hmm. no internet. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no cell phones. We just, we wanted, and for those of you who are interested in the World Cup game, <laughs> uh, it is now over and Argentina has won. England is knocked out of the World Cup. That is, was, no! that fucking, this is the, the year I followed the World Cup the least. I hate watching all sports except for soccer. I played soccer a lot and for a long time and understand the ballet that is wing passes, center, center passes to wing a lot more than like everybody back up so this guy can make a point, well, <laughs> which is American I've sports. I've never had the experience though when the plane lands, we get off the plane and we're walking up to like everyone who's like coming to meet us at the airport. I list, I literally hear 14 people at the same time. I'll go, what happened? And oh. everyone's hugging people like, what happened? I don't understand. <laughs> So, oh, I recorded the match for you. We'll see it when we get home. It's it's going to be okay. Yeah. Oh, it happened. Oh, people were so mad at Beckham. There is something <laughs> to be said about Beckham. communal sports experiences. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a football fan. I grew. I've been going to football games since I was born. FSU football games and stupid jock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look at my muscles. Um, but but there is kind of nothing like it on earth. And even if you are not a sports person and you don't even care about the team mm -hmm. or anything, it is really hard not to get caught up in that sort of those sorts of feelings. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. I think it's something everyone should experience right. willingly at least once and just let yourself give in to that. And I will I was saying to somebody the other day, I think the biggest proof of a greater spiritualism is the home field advantage. Mm -hmm. Like there's no physical or scientific reason that should make you play better. Mm -hmm. In fact, yep. it's sports you train all day. There should be a program that trains you to zone out, to tune out boos and hisses, mm -hmm. but there isn't. Mm -hmm. You just play better if people like you, if, if more people, it's crazy. It's a crazy concept and it only exists in oh, fucking sports. That is going to pay off big time when we get to the final, which I think will be next week. All right. Ooh. All right. Hey, wait, okay. bring the nerds Major. back in. Sorry, Major nerds. home team advantage. Bring the nerds back in the room. I'm okay. here for you. But jocks are just nerds with muscles. Because it's, it's, it's a Sarah book note that's so big right. it goes in the news. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> life-changing for a lot of people. And that is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets was released in the UK. Right, because no matter how popular Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was, yes. this one, I think in England, was Chamber of the Bottom Burbles. <laughs> I just watched a young one's clip. Sorry. Chamber of the lift pram. <laughs> um, Chamber of the secret. Like, I think the series was a pretty instant success, was it not? I, I believe so. And, but I think it, you know, it took a little while to get popular in the United States. Yeah. And I know that I came online with Harry Potter probably around this time, I think as well. So I was, I somewhere was around not, here. I was, yeah. I started reading the books as someone way too old to be doing that. Yeah. And but, but that's, as that's time inter went on and I would go to these, uh, the book launch parties at books a million. I would be the oldest one there. <laughs> even, even if Harry Potter was a breakout success in its first book, which I don't think it re truly was over yeah. here. This is the book everybody's waiting for. Yes. Like, can they do it again? Is this worth following for seven years? And this, Sorry, for seven year, years in canon. Yeah. 
this and this book really lays down a lot of canon too. Like, I mean, it gives you Tom Riddle, it gives yeah. you Moaning Myrtle, it gives you a lot of information. <laughs> yes, not to mention one of the most fun Defense of the Dark Arts professors. Who was it here? Um, oh, uh, uh, it's Kenneth Braun in the movie, but right. queer, not queer. Oh, right, not Quirrell. He was the first but one. The, the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's right. Because the the rest of the show, like the the, mo- the movies, never show up, but the books are like. Yeah, that dude's an insane asylum for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, and this is also, I think, one of the... I mean, it's the first book that we get, like, a really big hint. Shit, this this is going to get dark. I, I get always dark attribute that to the eventually. third in the introduction of Sirius Black. But there's, I guess... I think that's just my favorite, because that's when it gets real dark. Yeah, like, dementors yeah. The and, Dementors, definitely. Hmm. I mean, but this also gives us a hint, too, that, you know, we're... Oh, we're going to be talking about some real themes. I mean, we learn about Dobby. This is the first Dobby book. And it's it is my it is in my opinion the worst movie, yeah, and that's that's why I if you do yeah. like Potter a lot try and maybe check out this book first yep. because like I mean the first movie is like outlandishly accurate they tried to squeeze yep. in everything mm-hmm. from the book this stopped that's why it's not a good movie it's not very good I hate the first because two because it feels so much like a book on tape uh, it took Quaron to make that that those visuals sing and that mm-hmm. that world yeah, look good right. and um. Yeah, you know, f- you know, fuck you, Chris Columbus. Both of you. Yeah. Both. <laughs> but a Chamber of Secrets is a, a, an excellent book. Yeah. It was like, I am not really ashamed good. to read this, and I will open up Azkaban the second this is over. Yeah. This is before the movies came out. I was reading these books. Of course. And and, and able to buy beer and go to bars. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was doing. And this is a newsworthy event because it changed so many children's lives. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there are there is a whole generation of now adults who – our readers because of this series and that is huge and i can't think of anything mm. else that any other book series that has done that it's huge and i, I hate it just because i i was 21 when i started reading harry potter <laughs> and i loved it immediately saw all the movies read all the books have never been in the, but it's like it, it's just in that period of like every time i see someone like dress up as one for halloween like no i love this shit but i, I don't buy stuff from it and then i pull out my spider-man wallet and prove all the right. money i still have yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I should be head over heels obsessed with this whole universe because I've read everything of it, even The Cursed Child. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, when we went to, um, I just call it Harry Potter World world mm. in um, Universal Studios, I mean, mm-hmm. Sam had to, like, hold me back from just buying <laughs> everything in the candy store because, you guys, the candy store is kind of insane. <laughs> I mean, I love a candy store. And then to make it Harry Potter, mm-hmm. it's too much. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the feelings I have about Harry Potter... I think are very similar to a lot of people in my generation where it's just mm-hmm. like, it's kind of hard to put into words how much it means to yes. us. Yeah. Especially. No, I don't think I've read any of the books. I think I flipped through them, but I will say, I think JK Rowling might be my favorite billionaire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. She's up there, man. She yeah. is fucking cool. She's... She does not forget where she came from. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. I think that's what, that's what happens. I love it when authors get famous at like her age. Mm hmm. Because my, you know, my favorite author ever is Kurt Vonnegut, who was right. like the father of six, like practically retired when he was famous. Yeah. So we, they never really change all that much. They remember. And they're not they creative douches at yeah. that point. You know, yeah, like, they're not self obsessed. They're not an F. Scott Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. where it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think it's fitting that we're starting to talk about books this week because, mm-hmm. as an adult, I still give myself reading lists mm-hmm. every year. I like, I love the idea of summer reading, where the days are longer and you can kind of enjoy sitting on your porch reading a book or something so if you have not cracked the harry potters i would say 
Start with this one. Mm -hmm. If you're an adult and you haven't cracked the Harry Potters, it's something that you might be interested in. Um, the first one is a little young, and mm -hmm. I think that you can absolutely get away with maybe reading the Wikipedia for the, um, the Sorcerer's Stone, mm -hmm. and then just start with Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. And by the end of the summer, you will get through the entire series, I bet. And if you're my age, if you're my age and can remember... And maybe let's say a little liberal leaning mm -hmm. crack them books and like the movies leave out how angry JK Rowling oh. is at Fox News Tony Blair and the oh, Bush yes. administration oh there's that some is all really, up in the books there's <laughs> there's a lot of class issues and um, there's a lot of political stuff and not to mention your good old good versus evil yeah Rita Skeeter is like just this mm -hmm. this this proxy for yelling at the mainstream oh, media <laughs> that's like, it's not really present in the movie she's yeah it's amazing Oh, Jesus, we spent all this... Uh, this is a great juxtaposition, though. Here we are talking about great works uh, of literature. So we can go <laughs> into the opposite end of, of whatever that is. Uh, June 29th through July 5th, the only movie we'll be talking about in 1998 is none other than Armageddon, I will, which Yikes. I would like to coin the term... I can't even say it. Uh, a stupid classic. Oh. It is... Uh, I watched it last night. And I couldn't take my eyes off it. And this, and for many reasons, like I just keep. This is a masterpiece. Mm. This is a masterpiece. Mm, that hurts a me. Kind of masterpiece. It is a kind of masterpiece. It's not one most people will appreciate. But if you play video games, like this dialogue, these shots, this has informed every video game cutscene and and uh, narrative you have witnessed for the last twenty years. Mm. And, and I'm saying that like when, and I cringe when I see most of this shit. Yeah. But this is all informed by Armageddon. Not only that, like I think Michael Bay has a style, sure. and I think he's a genius yeah. in how he does it. I don't like his style, mm -hmm. but I couldn't do it. And it, but it, his editing, his his furious narrative pace makes sense. And this is like the beginning of it. So it's subdued on yeah. a Michael Bay level. It is one of the easier ones for me to watch. Just yeah. As far as the the action and the cutscenes and everything it's but th there's always something interesting happening with a camera and in terms of and like he's not overly reliant on cg it's like a lot of mm -hmm. inside the spaceship kind of mm -hmm. shit and as a result it like visually holds up a lot better than you think it was there's a couple of shots of space that uh, are like except for when they're like you should see that on a, a ride at the fair like <laughs> that looks Yikes. real bad and when they're on the comet it it's not good it's but it I it's had real bad. a fantastic time rewatching this, and I don't okay. like this movie, and would never. I've always hated this movie. I mean, I've always been a deep impact guy, baby. I am team impacto profundo, <laughs> <laughs> which we've talked about. But it's the very definition of stupid. stupid. It's the it's Budweiser of film. So stupid. It's so it's, stupid. I've, I've already had people coming at me when we were talking about deep impact, and I'm like, oh god, I don't want to talk about Armageddon. They're like, come on, it's fun. Turn your brain off fun. And I could see how that could be true for some people. <clears throat> Men. <laughs> but Girl, I can't you said turn it. my brain off enough for this <laughs> macho shitheadedness. Yeah. They couldn't. It's Ugh. so dumb. I Mostly, brought my I'm daughter to an oil drill and some guy fucked her. I'm going to shoot him for comedy <laughs> sake. Yeah, <laughs> let's shoot things next to oil. And then we'll all split up. Like the second... Bruce Willis leaves and they all run away somewhere else and then they have a get in the band back together montage but you were just together 10 minutes ago it's that montage oh. was my favorite and part let's stuff animal crackers in each other's pants and make <laughs> out and talk about how the world's not worth saving if other people aren't doing the same thing 
<laughs> I've ne- I'm so, so happy I get to say horrible. this twice this this episode of 302010 in two different segments. Chris's review of the soundtrack. Man, there is such a thing as too much Aerosmith. This is w- <laughs> that is way too much Aerosmith. It's only <laughs> Aerosmith. You yeah. know there's an Aerosmith song involved in this movie, which I think we cover. There's a laser time all about things you didn't know were covers. That's a cover song. What? Yeah, the I don't want to close my eyes whatever it's called. It's a cover ah. song. Ugh. But every other popular Aerosmith song is also in this movie. It is the ACDC to Iron Man 1 and 2. It is uh, only Aerosmith yikes. for the most part. And it is excruciating. It's so bad. It is It is. It is to me, because what was Michael, the, the Rock, which I still haven't seen. Sorry, people. Oh, people two people have sent me the DVD of The Rock. It's so good. And, and it's remember, not so good. Rock it's is, fun. It's more the dumb, the dumb fun I could put it's up with. It's far more enjoyable. This. this is two and a half hours long. Right, right. Of just like, uh, it's it just is, like a bunch of dick measuring. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. Like if I want to Neil deGrasse Tyson it, it's like the thing's the size of Texas, but you drill 80 feet into it, you right. can blow it up. That doesn't make no goddamn right. no. sense. And I'm, no. I'm dumb as a brick, and there are several things like... That's not how X works. Yeah. Why doesn't do that? Yeah. And I know everything has to go wrong. And I think at the time, the criticism I gave of it, it still holds up. It's the Indiana Jonesification yeah. of of plot structure. Definitely. Where as where Spielberg and Lucas were trying to recreate serials and create a crescendo every ten minutes, mm-hmm. they did so in a way that felt earned. Whereas this is like whoever planned this, you're a fucking idiot. Like something goes, everything that could go wrong does go wrong in a way that doesn't really make any sense. Do you think it's maybe because they hired a team oil, oil drillers. drillers to go to space instead of maybe just sending like one to go with a team of like fucking NASA scientists it's, it's and not, astronauts? Couldn't teach, yeah, couldn't you teach astronauts to drill easier than you right. could teach drillers to astronauts? <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not just that. It's it's tonal shift. It's it takes yeah. to get to these crescendo moments. Like Steve Buscemi, so far the comedic hero, succumbing to space dementia. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, <laughs> he was already Let's kind give of all demented. The awards to William Fickner because he yes. can say with a straight face, "Oh man, he's got space dementia." He's That's got, insane. He's got space dementia, and then, and then somebody says with a straight face, "Like, how do you get a gun up here?" Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I'm like, I, I was just about to say that. I'm so glad you did. Movie redeemed, in my opinion. And I love me some William Fickner so much. Yeah. It's just like the amount of... I, you know what the main thing I forgot and I meant to even grab it? We do have mm-hmm. some sounds from the movie. That the movie opens with a Charlton Heston narration. And what? then like the third character we see is Keith David, our current king of motherfucking narration. Keith David. Join huh. the Navy, motherfuckers. <laughs> and Keith, da- Keith David, then it cuts to like Eddie Griffin and Mark Cooper and like all... like. The cast is insane. Let's just yeah. say that right out of the way. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, Billy Bob Thornton, Will Patton, Steve Buscemi, Michael Clark Duncan. Is it just, am I the only one who like, I forgot Owen Wilson is in this? Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he's murdered? I was shocked when I saw him. <laughs> what? Yeah. And he's murdered? And Peter Stormare. They managed to blow right. up the International Space Station too for reasons. For reasons. And uh, the, the bus driver and Pete and Pete. Is here? <laughs> He's Max. He gets killed too. Okay. And he gets killed too. I just I, the the weird thing too is that I kind of love all the character archetypes that mm-hmm. aren't uh, Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler. Yeah, me too. I kind of love them all. I just want to see him t- in a different movie. Me like too. do a different thing. And I, and I miss it because like I don't I appreciate Michael Bake from kind of afar. Sure. And I had a great time rewatching this movie, even mm-hmm. though I could admit it's stupid and terrible and hurt us all for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but but Michael Bay has made little other than Transformers movies for a 
decade. Oh, yeah. So the one movie I saw of his, and I can say, like, if you think you hate Michael Bay, watch Pain and Gain. Not the Benghazi movie. But And that's it. Other than that, it's Transformers movie, which I wouldn't go fucking right. near if you paid me. Uh, but please try. Patreon.com slash laser time. We can discuss it. We'll make it a tier. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so i'm i'll endeavor as much as i hate this goddamn thing Please i die. will say one nice thing about it what? there is one line that really did make me laugh even the first time i saw it when they they are laying out the the uh was the it when, oil drillers are laying out their requirements was it when keith david called them all the r word <laughs> oh that's fun uh, no and that doesn't no. date the movie at all <laughs> uh, yeah no they're laying out their requirements like we want this we want this and it ends with, and we're never paying taxes again, ever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that was a good joke. You know what? I'm crediting J.J. Abrams on that one because he is one of the screenwriters. <laughs> is he really? One of Ooh. like six screenwriters. Oh, um, that's not surprising. And I don't remember how this shook out. This is one of the highest grossing movies of the summer, was it not? Uh, this might be the highest grossing movie yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah I think so. Sorry, huge. that's what I meant to say. Uh, and it's it's it lives forever on like I don't I'm not sure there would be an FX channel without Armageddon. Mm. At least that's not <laughs> what their schedule says. Well, and one of the things too that we were talking about, I think off mic was about uh, the I love the montage when they gather everyone up just because mm. I love a good montage. I think I might have mentioned that before. And so many helicopter shots. We were talking about the helicopters. <laughs> like they've they had to partner with the U.S. government in mm. some way in order to get that. No, they always does. Military helicopter. Yeah. He always does. I'm how what I'd love to see that contract. Like, what is that? I I bet you it's probably more of a handshake deal, mm. in that they get to see the script. There's no anti-military sentiment, and you can have access to shooting all of this mm-hmm. these aircraft carriers mm-hmm. and F-15 Tomcats. Yeah, I'm pissing off aviation fans all over the nation right now. <laughs> yeah, the Warbirds. That's what they call them, right? Um, but <laughs> did you have? Did you highlight how they have both a fun and serious trailer? Oh, I did. So I'm looking for a trailer, and I try to find the original trailers or the original TV ads, and I find uh, some TV ads for it, and I like those because they're faster and they're mm-hmm. shorter. Um, and I find one that is all about the fun. It's like we're going crazy, we're going to space. Fuck oh, wow. yeah, we're gonna save the world. Woo! Oh wow! And space. then I found the uh, the Super Bowl trailer that ran before the Super Bowl, so it's the mm. first big look at this movie from six months ago. And it is so Michael Bay E. Let's just play the fun one first. Okay. I knew it was going to be a song. They have the tools. I love this astronaut stuff. Now, all they have to do is save the world. This is so much fun, it's freaky. A Jerry Bruckheimer production. <laughs> directed by Michael Bay. Let's kick a little asteroid butt. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Armageddon. We have front row tickets to the end of the world. Lady PG-13, now playing. Wow, every single line oh of dialogue should be followed by the actor saying, placeholder? This is placeholder, right? Yeah. <laughs> Come up with something better. Kick right. some asteroid butt. Ugh, <laughs> now, that gross. movie I want to watch, but this original Super Bowl ad is so Michael Bay, because Michael Bay seems to take himself so goddamn seriously. This is, a, th- at the end of the movie, it becomes this patriotic wank fest that is, like, kind of insufferable, and I yeah. like my eyes were ro- like just yep. rolling like fucking dice at a craps table. <laughs> and it, it, like, yep. it is here from day one in this, this ad. It's a meteor shower. How big were those? The size of basketballs. This new one you're drinking. How big? It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. 
July 1st. Are you suggesting that we nuke this thing from the inside? We bring in the world's best deep core driller. Nothing can prepare you. Promise me that you are going to come back. I promise, Grace. For the event that will rock the world. Beam me up, Scotty. This is who you found to save the planet. Bruce Willis. Billy Bob Thornton. Liv Tyler. Ben Affleck. Will Patton. And Steve Buscemi. If we don't get this done, nobody else will. Right as the Chrysler building is falling down. God damn. Uh, this makes me love it all over again. And at least a nice shout out to the cast in that in that version. That's true. Yeah, Will Patton never gets any love. Totally. I, and I was even watching him like, that guy's going to die first, right? Huh. <laughs> Must be that space shuttle he gave his kid. Yeah. Oh, this movie is so fucking stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> I love it. I, I'll never watch it again. But I, I, I think you could have a good time watching like, man, why have, why has this mainstream movie sucked for 20 years? It's Armageddon. <laughs> Definitely. It's Armageddon, but I think it's far away now enough. It can't hurt us anymore. There's no superheroes in it. Mm, I would say <laughs> skip this and watch Impacto Profundo Impacto again. Impacto Profundo. <laughs> uh, man, I had a fucking rad time watching this. I'm so glad I did it. Anyway, Jesus, this is going to suck. Um, let's go into the television. Yay. Of 1998, June 29th to the July 5th. And again, we're. Uh, if I didn't, did I not say that earlier? Like, TV is usually bad during the summer. Yes. It's really bad when they assume everyone's on vacation. Mm -hmm. And that only happens like July 4th and Christmas. Uh, June 29th, uh, the Lifetime Network debuts. Come on, y'all. LMN. Yeah. All those movies about kidnapped babies and white beaters. Yep. And (laughs) murdering husbands Mm -hmm. and... uh, Secret obsession, secret dalliance, secret love... She never knew her husband. The <laughs> husband she didn't know. Affairs. With Who's that guy? It's your crazy. husband. So I'm saying that because you probably won't want to hear anything about television during this week, but I did the best I could because we had to breeze through the great. 80s. You're doing great. The Lifetime Network. I didn't. Even, I've never heard of this. It's still a thing. There is a Lifetime movie oh, yeah. network somewhere yes. out there. Oh yeah. No idea. I don't even know if they have any exclusives or just play only original Lifetime movies. No, it it's only pretty much only original, original Lifetime, Lifetime movies. movies. Okay. And they're all about Medis. yeah, mid- middle age or you know, young to middle aged women who have bad marriages, and then like they maybe they run away, or maybe they're being stalked, or maybe they have to murder somebody, or they get or maybe murdered, they're betrayed, or, or their, their daughter is kidnapped, their daughter gets put daughter into a sex away. cult. <laughs> We're addicted to drugs. It should just be called. You know us, ladies. We love our drama. Ladies' worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The channel. And uh, look, you don't want to hear about any of this. But three more weeks, Max. I promise everyone, we have to see Family Matters through. Stop. This is the the third to last. Look, this I consider these the lost episodes because I like didn't know these existed and wouldn't go anywhere near the show in syndication. But I grew up loving Family Matters and the the drama of the Winslows and Mm -hmm. Stefan or Kel. This ep- you'll never guess what happens in the episode. Pop goes the question, uh, but, <laughs> but I'll give Yikes. you I'll give you one guess. Anybody? Uh, someone proposes. You know what? I should say no. Uh, two people propose. <laughs> Steve Steve Urkel and a Stefan Urkel propose to Laura, and man, does he have a decision to make? Even though they're the same person. What? Uh, yeah, because she's always kind of had a thing for Stefan Urkel, sure. like Urkel, but cool. Who did his cool version? But this is how this episode ends. And again, for me, this is like this is like a comic book that finishes up a TV show thirty years after the fact. Because I have no idea how Family Matters shook out. Goodbye, Laura. 
I do have one favor to ask of you, one small favor. Remember me. Steve, wait! You, you can't just leave. Why not? Because... Because I can't imagine my life without you. What are you trying to say? Well, I'm saying that I love you and I want to marry you. <laughs> it is ridiculous watching Why? Steve Urkel act. I love it. I love it. Why? You all deserve that. Yes. None of that makes sense. Uh, here's some here's some nerd stuff because I've been doing uh, the uh, the com- complaint I see from the 302010 community. We've been selling the video game short. Not today. Not today because you know, the debut on on July 4th, quite possibly the longest running show of an entire channel. Uh, it was the debut of GameStop TV. GameStop TV. And GameStop mm-hmm. TV is would eventually become Extended Play TV, and would eventually become X Play. And people who remember G Four mm. Tech TV, uh, ZD TV, all the other names it had. Sarah is yawning in front of me. No, As- I just got I got stuck on ZD TV, hoping it was about pasta. Well, it was a temporary Zip Davis deal, so like its most famous show for the first three seasons was called GameStop TV because. Mm-hmm. The CBS website was kind of front of their money. Wait, GameStop or GameSpot? GameSpot. Not okay. the store, but the uh, website. I'm sorry. Did I, I say just... st- stop? I might have said it. I do it all the time. Yeah. They're both dumb names and I hate them. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> but it did debut. And again, I, I wanted to bookend me talking about Nintendo Power earlier, 10 years later, how we're starting to cover video games. It does feel weird because when I finally saw G4, I'm like, Everything I like is validated. It's great that we have this. And then it went away and never came back. But it also is totally well served on the internet. Like, why bother? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is what an episode, the, the debut episode of GameSpot TV hosted by Adam Sessler. If you like games, this homeboy's been covering games for uh, over tw- almost 20 years. Wow. Welcome to GameSpot TV, your ultimate guide to computer and video gaming. I'm Adam Sessler. We're going to take a look at Unreal, a first-person shooter that's pushing the limits of the PC to completely immerse gamers in one of the most realistic 3D action worlds ever created. And I like to pump pixels. That's good. Now, let's say I'm a casual gamer, and I'm out in the market, and I'm looking for a PC. Is this something that I need to be uh, keeping my eye on? First ever episode. I was trying to find the first intro, because they generally talked about what games they were talking about. But I recommend they cover the Dreamcast launch, which was an exciting time. We'll talk about that in approximately, I don't know, someone do the math. September 9th, 1999. Uh, Look. I'm going to be self-indulgent in this episode. I just am. Go for it, babe. G4's longest-running show. Because there's nothing else on television this week. Um, July 5th, the wonderful world of Disney has technically the debut, because it never came to theaters, of Slam Dunk Ernest. I think you're aware of my love for Ernest. It doesn't come anywhere near Brett Elson's love for Ernest. Uh, Nothing does. And we did an entire Laser Time episode about fucking Ernest. Uh, But I bet you always wondered, what is Slam Dunk Ernest about? Maybe Ernest goes to wrestling. No, Sarah. Intro- <laughs> no, that's not the right one. Uh, Figure skating. No! There, that's the one. It's about basketball. But would you honestly, you know you want to know, how does Ernest get good at basketball? 
because in order to be good at banking and Ernest was goes it to, when jail, he went to jail, he, he's electrified. So how do you think? It's, I thought he oh, learned in jail. Was, that was my first guess for everything. Is pretty much he gets electrified. <laughs> <laughs> he gets visited by an angel, uh, played by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Nice. And he gives them a magic MacGuffin. The Archangel of Basketball. Oh no, this is it. The big one. I've committed such a grievous sin against basketball that you've been sent here to take me out of the big game. For good. One technical foul and I'm a dead man. Get a grip, man. You're not dead. God doesn't take people out for a technical foul. Look, how long have you been playing ball? Hour, hour and a half. I was supposed to deliver you a pair of shoes, but these definitely aren't your shoes. All right, all right, I'll give him the shoes. So just like Hammerman, it's a case of magic shoes. Yay. He gets a pair of magic shoes. Like, like Mike. I got transfixed upon this because I'd never seen this before, and I love Ernest, but some of these movies are real hard to watch. But it's kind of like Ernest meets Black Jeopardy. Just for some reason, he's like the only <laughs> white dude around all these black basketball players. You tripping have, That's not I've, true. My, my feet are planted firmly on earth. <laughs> I have a very serious question. Please, Diana. Could Kareem Abdul-Jabbar outplay Lou Alcindor? Oh, come on now. He's 76 years old. He's not going to do that shit. What's his mom really called? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I can't do a fucking Eddie Murphy improv. Quit trying to make me. I'm just going to get in more trouble. Um... <laughs> Yes, also also to bookend my Nintendo Power conversation earlier. Mm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about video game marketing when we talk about the video games of 1998. There's only one that I want to talk about in the um, June 29th through July 5th period because it's a big one, Banjo-Kazooie. Hmm. Banjo-Kazooie, a fucking hyper... Why did I start it with fucking hyper family-friendly? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ass-ripping family-friendly game. Um, but, oh, fuck! love it god damn it <laughs> platformer there's a world where this is somehow better than mario 64 the defining nintendo 64 game not to me but it is an evolution to a certain extent of the 3d platformer a genre not a lot of people got right but banjo kazooie did and deserves a bunch of credit uh this is forever associated with the nintendo 64 even though microsoft acquired the company rare and those characters uh, but this is the mar- the very weird marketing of the late 90s for kids' games. They tried to get a little too extreme. Here's a little bit of this commercial. You don't understand. It's after us. It's big. It's got huge teeth. A big beak. Bulgy eyes. Feathers, fur everywhere. Yeah, and pigs can fly. No bears can fly. Bad guys beware. Here comes Banjo-Kazooie, where you're both bird and bear with amazing powers. There's never been anything like this head-banging, sky-flying, rock-hopping, egg-shooting, tag-teaming duo. Banjo-Kazooie, only for Nintendo. I mean, it's just like, it's a fucking triangular Chuck Jones cartoons. It didn't require this guitar or this cowboy murder that you just heard. But uh, that's how they marketed the game. Also, I wanted to play this because I thought it was important. We, I played you the first Nintendo Power commercial. That issue is, ten, the first issue is 10 years old as of this date. And from my recollection, Nintendo sends out one of its first VHSs trying to catch up with how to promote games in the modern era. So if you were a Nintendo Power subscriber, this month or a little while earlier, you were sent a VHS uh, with a surprise narrator telling you all about Banjo-Kazooie. First, there was Donkey and Diddy Kong. Then Diddy and Dixie. Dixie and Kitty. Mario and Yoshi. Okay, okay, you get the point. So what's the big deal? Well, listen up. Because there's a new dynamic duo from the creators of Donkey Kong Country and GoldenEye that's ready to kick some serious excitement into Nintendo 64. It's Banjo-Kazooie! 
Stewie. This is a, I think a 20 minute VHS narrated by John Lovitz about wow. how awesome <laughs> Joker is. I could not place that voice. Yeah, it it stinks. stinks. It stinks. It's John Lovitz and a relatively subdued John Lovitz. Yeah. But that was, I think, Nintendo Power trying to get ahead early of like, you can't just use magazines and TV commercials. You got to send shit to people's house. This would be on YouTube now, but mm-hmm. a surprise VHS coming to your house, even in 1998 when DVDs were out, was fucking surprising. So exciting. I remember my friend calling me like... Dude, you got to come over here. Nintendo just sent me this. It's like 10 minutes of game footage. We can't see this anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. But uh, I'll, I'll let that be the games of 1988, and we will close out with Three Lions by the Lightning Seeds. Why is that, okay. Don? Let me explain this. So in getting to experience my first World Cup in a country that cared about a World Cup, um, I also got to experience the, the phenomenon of theme songs, Ooh. that each team will have official songs for that year's team and they get radio play three lions uh is a very brit poppy kind of oasis song that uh was originally for the euro championships i think in 96 and it was so popular that two years later in 98 when they went to the world cup they rewrote the lyrics re-released it and it became a huge hit again and it's honestly a really catchy song here's the world cup the england's world cup song yeah, let's let's hop into 2008 uh, with that 1998 jam, and see you in just a second, people. Bye. So sure that England's gonna throw it away. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Anyway, so I I do ask this girl for a number, and I say, you know, hey, is it is it okay if I like send you, you know, memes? I'm a dork. I like to send people memes, and she's like, oh yeah, I love that. So one of the first things I send her is, um, if you're familiar with, um, there's like a kids book. It's like a scary know. stories to tell in the dark. Scary stories, <laughs> yes. And so there's one story. It's like I think it's called the scarf or the green scarf, and it's this girl. So the girl Jenny, and Jenny wears a green scarf around her neck, and the boy falls in love with her. The boy asks her, "Can I see what's behind?" No, you can't see what's behind the scarf. And spoilers for this like 28 <laughs> year old child's book that none of you're gonna fucking read. <laughs> but they get married. They, have they a get whole married, life together. and like she's on her deathbed. And they're old, and she, he she, what's underneath the scarf, and so. She lets him untie the scarf and her head falls off. <gasps> so the scarf was holding her head on. Mm-hmm. So in this meme... That scarf had to be disgusting. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Uh, and the meme that I sent to her was a variation of that. But instead of her head falling off, there is instead a uh, insane clown posse <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and... And it's way worse. And, and then the last frame of the, of the, of the meme of the text is, is uh, what the fuck, Jenny? <laughs> So I meet her at a bar and uh, we have some drinks and she's like, but did you know, did you know that like 
I'm a juggalo. Like I really like I, and I'm like I'm like you're fucking shitting me. Like you did. You're you're not. And she's like, no, I am. I have I have violent ball, violent J, violent J, and shaggy uh, too dope, shaggy too dope, uh, tattooed on the on the each Kevin one of my Smith characters. That didn't make yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of june 29th to july 5th yeah no no we actually we're hitting some some boring weeks here i mean it's summer i don't know what the heck's going on besides world war ii so uh, i was trying to think of like what would be good to watch for july 4th because you know we got july 4th and uh i was going into like some frank capra because like that seems obvious like mr smith goes to washington or meet John Doe, you know, they're so sweet. And then that got me thinking about Gary Cooper movies. And so I have a double feature to pitch to you. It's it's a weirdly themed double feature, but I feel like they're America goddammit kind of stories that are still not like all super macho and in your face about it. They're just sort of like the good kind of American. So here we go. Gary Cooper is the kind of star we don't have anymore. And I realized he made two different movies in which he plays a pacifist who then gets pushed far technically three movies where he plays a pacifist who gets pushed far uh the first one is 1941 sergeant york which we've talked about on classic corner i highly recommend based on a true story of a conscientious objector in world war ii has to grab a gun at one point and uh totally flip out on everybody but he's like such a good guy and he's so interesting then moving forward the technically a third one would be high noon 1952 which is about uh, Gary Cooper as a town marshal and bad guys are coming to get him and he's trying to like get folks together to help him. But he's going to fight in the end, so it's not really about pacifism. But a movie that does not get brought up that much that I really want to recommend is called Friendly Persuasion from 1956. I believe it won in the Cannes Film Festival, uh, early Cannes Film Festival. Uh, Gary Cooper stars as a Quaker and then the Civil War breaks out. Well, he obviously cares about people, he cares about slavery, but he also is committed to nonviolence. What's he gonna do? What's his family gonna do? It turns out to be like a really interesting movie. Like, you, you like you want it to keep going. You like spending time with these people. So those are my two recommendations for July 4th. Interesting Americana kind of movies that are not about just like shooting stuff and blowing up and singing Yankee Doodle Dandy. Sergeant York from 1941, Friendly Persuasion from 1956. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming in with I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. It is number one 
And is, is this the rise of Katy Perry, I'm guessing? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Because we mentioned it uh, previously. I'd never heard of that song. She has I Kissed a Girl and a song called You're So Gay on the same album. Yeah, she's not great. <laughs> but, I mean, it's unsurprising considering she was like a Christian artist Country singer, before. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Maybe her understanding of queer culture might be a little bit off because of that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh well, yeah, there's nothing more 2008 than a, a Katy Perry song about gayness. Uh, but here we are, 2008, uh, June 29th to July 5th. There are some other music new releases. We have All or Nothing by The Subways, Agony and Irony by The Alkaline Trio. There's no D in that. Uh, TOS, Terminate on Sight by G-Unit. Uh, the Black Parade is Dead by My Chemical Romance. Identified by v- Vanessa Hudgens and, and Killer by Tech 9 If you had all those albums probably just one 30 20 10 bingo um don't have any news to bring you in but 2008 is riddled riddled with movies um no it really isn't actually it's another slow movie week no, but because no. everybody well, i think it's another week where they they thought oh shit this movie's going to be huge and right out of its way because we yeah. have we have two films that are sort of about coming of age and relating to your family yeah and then a blockbuster yeah and i i think You'll see why in a second, but everybody in 2008 would back off of this guy being in a movie about the thing we yep. all wanted to see in theaters at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, July 4th weekend. On July. Hint, hint. Yeah, there you go. The guy there who used go, to own yeah. July 4th weekend. Um, but first we have to, t- Diana has to talk about, and and when did you last see your father with Jim <laughs> Broadbent and Colin Firth? Perfect. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, no, uh, it's pretty much what you think. Colin Firth has a strained relationship with his dad, Jim Broadbent, and then there's lots of flashbacks to when he was a kid, and Jim Broadbent was not a good dad, and coming of age, coping with stuff. Um, I, if they just said it in like 1910, it would be the most British thing ever. This movie I actually saw and fell in love with the next one, The Wackness. Anybody else ever see The Wackness? No. Um, no. I think before everyone was doing it, mm-hmm. looking at you, dope. Uh, but a like nostalgic comedy about the early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just starting. What's what's the polite way to say it? A young white guy obsessed with black culture. Okay. Uh, but also mm-hmm. having like Method Man. Mary Kate Olsen, uh, Famke Jensen, and Ben Kingsley in it. The Wackness. I've been thinking about your dilemma. What's my dilemma? Young men need sex, Luke. All men, actually. I can get you a hooker if you like. God, I was this close to respecting you. Big mistake, Luke. Let me holler for a second, I'll take you way back Before I had a group and fans who gave that Four white boys, more coopies and wave caps You could hear him right there blowing inside a Nintendo cartridge So again, this was like an untapped well of nostalgia That hadn't been recognized in like a mainstream film And I think me and my buddy uh, Melendez, who you've heard on the show Like, um somehow caught this on like pay-per-view or something like what the fuck is this And we, uh, yeah, this is pretty good And I, I don't know if it holds up, I have not seen it in forever um, but this is a movie I really wish I would have rewatched to see if it held up because it's riddled with what do you want to call that? Will Smith meddling? <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. I didn't realize that the whackness is sort of the breakout for Jonathan Levine, who did right. the 50 50 in Warm Bodies. That's what I meant to mention the oh. ultimate 30 2010 bookend mm-hmm. when I looked up Coming to America 2, of course, called Coming at Number 2. No. <laughs> America. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jonathan Levine is attached to direct that. Huh. Uh, coming to America or Coming to America 2. Uh, yeah. The, the alleged, I, I don't know if that movie will ever see the light of day. Just hope it does. But uh, a movie that I think desperately 
stops at a point where you think, oh man, there's going to be a huge sequel to this film, Hancock. Mm-hmm. Hancock, mm-hmm. Will Smith, Charlie's Theron, and Jason Bateman. You want a cookie? You're a superhero, for God's sakes. People should love you. Do I look like I care what people think? You have a calling, Hancock. Life here can be difficult for me. I'm the only one of my kind. You deserve better. I will be better. Hancock, I'm really trying to turn over a new leaf. Oh, my God. What a a bizarre time... Because I, as a superhero fan, the guy with the Spider-Man wallet, always wanted Marvel movies on screen. And you technically only got... Iron Man just happened. So some studios were aware of that. We only had Hulk a couple weeks ago. Right. Yeah, Yeah, right. So like this wasn't... The Marvel... The the MCU is not necessarily in full swing. I mean, even if it was, Hancock was greenlit in a world where like people want superhero movies, but Mm -hmm. it's not important that they be superheroes you already know. And I think they were wrong. <laughs> they, mis- yes. they horribly yeah. miscalculated that in the year of Iron Man and Hulk. But it's also one of those Will Smith movies. And I'm pretty sure I read about this started with an R rating. And yes. it got it went through a Will Smithification, the yeah. king of July 4th weekend, who can change the shape and tone of your movie uh, with his Will Smithian powers. And uh, you can you can tell because this movie has like wildly different tones in it. Mm-hmm. A drunk, surly superhero but I'm not going to curse that much. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, There's a, a filmed scene that was deleted. Uh, there's a sex scene that's pretty funny, actually. But really? uh, it answers... It, it's sort of the uh, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex question. <laughs> what? Yeah. Actually, you haven't seen I actually it? Just no, I just re- never heard that term. What the hell? <laughs> you never heard Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex? No. It's a, it's a famous old essay about how... Uh, Spider or Superman would be just dangerous to be around. Yes. Um, well, like th- he's a teenager and he's discovering his body. Like no, no surface is safe. It'd be punching through walls. Okay. See, I, I took it as something. Superman gives a speech about that, about living in a world of cardboard. Well, yeah, but he'd be, he would be doing it with his ejaculate. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And you can see that scene actually in the unrated version. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen it just as a deleted scene where, yeah, he's uh, with a lady in her, his trailer and, yep warns her of what's about to happen and then you just a couple holes get punched through the roof of the trailer yep <laughs> and, and so jason bateman is like what a pr agent for yeah hancock he's, he's playing someone earnest which is hard to watch mm-hmm. right now because it's just not really what we're used to what with you know um, arrested development mm-hmm. and then also ozark i don't know if you're watching that i on, did see the end uh, netflix. netflix so mm-hmm. yeah not really the jason bateman we're all used to I don't know. I mean, I revisited that. I saw it when it came out in the theaters and I actually didn't really have a, an opinion or thoughts about it, which is kind of weird. It was like oddly forgettable for me. So well, because like, it, feels, me... it feels like someone spliced. It feels to me like when Mystery Science Theater uh-huh. would watch a movie that is the first two episodes of a television show yeah. pasted together. <laughs> yeah. That's what Hancock feels like because there's a fucking hard swerve in this movie. I honestly feel like this movie would have been re- better. I mean, I don't, I mean, obviously it was number one so it didn't have really a reception problem necessarily mm. but I feel like it just would have fared better uh, maybe five years later. Really? Yeah. Maybe just like, like a... once we were ready to see like a superhero that was like coarser and doing something a little bit different. Oh, so like a Deadpool before Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right before Deadpool, this would have gone over with a with a R like way better, I think. Yeah, and it instead this have feels had an R. like weirdly sanitized. The effects are not good. Yeah, not mm. good. It, it feels like Disney picked up 
the like a really good manuscript or a book. Yeah. And, and sort of, we're, we're going to turn this into a summer tentpole movie. And like, this is a gritty yeah. exploration of tropes. It's like a weird, it just, like, everything feels slightly off, like a just a near miss mm-hmm. on all the jokes, all yeah. the effects, like it, what they're going for. Not to mention the child actor who plays Jason Bateman's son, I cannot stand he and oh, he has shown up in different things and i'm sorry this is a child but he's just like he's too precocious i cannot stand this kid so much mm, you know it's kind of like i feel like what you were saying with uh it being like a mystery science theater that's a couple tv episodes shoved together i kind of feel like that this is based on like a book series yeah. instead of like a book yeah, because mm-hmm. like you said, it takes a hard turn, and it's weird that like we were talking about Wally last week, which also takes uh, an unexpected unexpected turn mm-hmm. a little after the first act, and it goes somewhere else. And this one takes a hard turn about halfway through, right? And it doesn't work somehow. Like you don't yeah. feel like you're brought along for that turn. It's it's fucking weird. It does feel like they showed you the season finale after half the movie had already happened. Like this could have been really shocking instead of it just seems really weird. And that, that turn, which I'll go ahead and spoil for you. Uh Jason Bateman is a PR agent to Hancock, the superhero with an attitude problem, but I'm the only one of my kind. I don't know where I'm from. And then you're like, Charlie Theron is in this movie for some reason. Right. Uh Uh, And then it just revealed. Yeah. Jason Bateman's wife is actually Hancock's wife and they have been, eternal partners throughout time mm-hmm. and had their memories wiped and left on earth. And it's Charlie's there on. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and like, so my wife is your wife. Yeah. That's, that's what we're doing in the movie. Like, okay. It should be like a season right. finale that we talk about all summer. Instead. It's right. just like this unsettling, like, wait, what? Like, and that's halfway right. through the movie. Which is, yeah. And that's, that's an interesting idea. It is. That you it can is. Work with. But also the, the more time they spend together, their powers start to fall apart. And it's like, now I feel like it's kind of one or the other. I like the idea of, like, you're just sort of fated to be near each other, but it's not good when you are. Yeah. But to have their powers go away is sort of like, well, is that really the worst thing? Right. I mean, you're, you're not using them very effectively. And I think... Exactly. Uh, I've always said that about ugh, uh, those Marvel TV shows. Do not ever show me a superhero that's losing his powers again. That is a lazy yeah. trope. When you can't think up a greater villain or a greater threat... And I'm, you're basically saying like, yeah, Luke Cage got the flu. Yeah, he's, he's sick today for these couple episodes. Yeah. Boring. Don't but ever we'll do it. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. Don't ever do it. You're wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Han- Hancock, I'd be interested to revisit it. it. It does seem like a really bizarre movie. Something that was kind of opting to be bigger than it was and never got the chance to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious yeah. to see. I just I love the idea of an asshole superhero. Totally. Sure. You know, I I like the idea of the the collateral damage or uh, what's the the one? There's the comic book about um, irredeemable. Well, irredeemable. I was thinking of as yeah. What if Superman just lost his shit? Yeah, I just got tired of like I'm way better than you people, and I have no business serving all of you. Yeah. Hey, you you guys behave yourself, or I kill all of Singapore. (laughs) Well, and like one of the interesting things that they do talk about in in this film, which they, you know, they start to talk about, I think, like maybe this year and last year, a little bit in the Marvel Mm -hmm. Marvel movies. Yeah, Yeah, but like in this film, they do kind of start to address, like, okay, yeah, you like stopped that like car full of drug dealers, but you did like. (laughs) <laughs> millions of dollars worth of damage to the freeway. Yeah, I mean, there's, and you There's put, a middle school missing its second floor. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, good job. You're kind of an asshole. Yeah, like, so, you know, that's a, always a yeah. fun 
And that's what, like, Hancock seems like the kind of thing that you're right, I think, should have happened, like, five years into the Marvel Universe. You get a a movie exploring these tropes, and so they just hit the ground running when we barely started the superhero phenomenon. It it just, like, um, this could have been a great movie, Mm -hmm. but it just... And I I always blame Will Smith, just because, like, he's typically connected with, like, man, you can really see when a movie gets real saccharine and and weepy and, and, like, way too kind to its protagonist in the middle of a Will Smith movie because he's got that kind of pull. Yeah. Um, and I also might know the guy who wrote uh, the After Earth movie. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that is the movies for 2008. Jesus, television's just as bad or yeah. I'm just as old because everyone's going to hate me for everything I say about this because of how little I know about them. Uh, very little going on on TV, but uh, July 1st, I think we have the debut of The Secret Life of the American Teenager. It debuts on ABC Family and stars Shailene Woodley. Yep. A uh, mm-hmm. w- child actress I believe I'm familiar with. I forget why. Yeah, so she's in, um, she's in everything. Big mm-hmm. Little Lies more yeah. recently on HBO. She's on The O.C. or something nope. like that? No? Mm-mm. Thinking the wrong person? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in The Descendants. That was yes. her big... Movie breakout. Yeah, that was her big good movie breakout. Definitely. Okay. Um, she's really. F- oh, um, oh. What's the one where the people the are Maze sorted Run- into different whatever? Not and the then- Maze Runner. Yeah. Not the Maze Runner. Divergent. She Divergent, was in Divergent. Yep. <laughs> wow, I never would have got that in a million years. Yeah, and also mm-hmm. famous for she's like very her personality that she's cultivated like as a as a person has mm-hmm. been like very natural cosmetics and natural living and she's famous for giving an interview where she talks about how she likes to go outside and expose her vagina to the sun in order to help her vaginal health okay well i'll be doing that tomorrow all right right. yep let's see how that looks i guess it's the one part of my body that's never really seen the sun i read that interview and that stuck in my head so now it has to be stuck in everyone else's so congratulations everyone oh making it can i just does it have to be the sun or can I get like a tanning lamp? Can I just <laughs> like a, wait, you should get one of those sad lamps yeah. for like seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> yeah, just just pretend you're taking a dump anywhere you like grow your pot and just. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never seen the show. It ran for five seasons, so um was on for quite a while. I believe it starts out with uh, she's su- she's surprised pregnant. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's the not very the pregnant. crux of it. Or she just mm-hmm. she finds like the cheapest way to get an abortion. No. Mm. It's ABC Family, so no. Uh, I think you mean fr- that's that's freeform for you, uh, very young yeah, listeners. Freeform. Uh, on July fourth, um, Jesus, people are going to hate me. Uh, Death Note, the anime, the Japanese animation concludes in America for English speakers who refuse to pirate the shows they like because uh, it ended in Japan much longer ago. But the English version uh, concludes on July 4th. For me, as a big Death Note fan, it doesn't really start until the live-action Netflix America, a movie. That's a, Sarah Shrogging, that's a joke. I could get, I could get murdered over <laughs> saying that. Uh, and another end for something I never heard of is the second season of Transformers Animated. Let's hear that theme song. So this was notable to me in that it is the first animated series for Transformers after the Michael Bay movies have hit. Uh, so there's a different standard to live up to because there's a, now you have a the impossible task of pleasing all Transformers fans from the last 30 fucking years. It's not really going to work for you. And I think this, it looked to me, I'm speculating, it had that weird trouble of it's a Transformers show 
company owned by Hasbro and it goes to Cartoon Network. It doesn't fare very well. And Cartoon Network is always kind of on the verge of canceling. And I think maybe hmm. it was canceled here mm-hmm. and managed to get another season and then it's canceled again. Hmm. And then Hasbro's like, fuck you. We're going to buy a Discovery Channel that's not doing very well and make the Hub Network. The Hub Network was all was half owned by Hasbro. So they created a channel for themselves where like, you can never cancel our products. <laughs> we will run them forever. And that's where there was a new Transformers there. My Little Pony got its start on the Hub Network that same way. Uh, but it's the last time, uh, the last time Transformers aired on Cartoon Network. No, that can't. That's I don't think that's true either. Hmm. Masters and Dis- uh, Robots in Disguise might have aired there as well. See, I told you I'm going to stop talking about it. Remember earlier when I reviewed the um, the Armageddon soundtrack? Yeah. And my review was that was way too much Aerosmith. Yes. The exact same thing I felt in 2008 <laughs> for Guitar Hero Aerosmith. The mm. very very first. Yeah. All band focused. Because Guitar Hero was like this awful, awful phenomenon. A really fun game, but like had to come out with like a new $60 product. Not every year, but every like two months. Mm-hmm. It was really obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time like, we're going to get a whole band to carry our, this, this game. And like, oh God, like you really have to like Aerosmith to yeah. like this game. I mean, I, that, I never talk during the video game segments, <laughs> but I can talk about Guitar, guitar Hero stuff mm-hmm. because... I did play that. I did play that with friends at parties me. and stuff. You played it with me. Well, yes, you're a friend. <laughs> I have other friends. Um, but I could never imagine being like, guys, let's just play all Aerosmith. Guys, right? uh, the devil showed up to the party and he said we can play all the Guitar Hero we want, but it has to be all Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're all in hell. <laughs> this is also hell, by the way. The party is also hell. Have a cold pigs in the blanket. <laughs> But uh, yeah, way too much Aerosmith. Kind of the beginning of the end for Guitar Hero 2 because they kept trying to do this. And nothing against the bands like Metallica and Green Day. It's just like you are now cutting off a portion of your audience that doesn't like it. And you made Rock Band respond with like, all right, fuck you, Beatles. Mm. <laughs> There's way more people who can tolerate the Beatles than can tolerate Aerosmith, Green Day, and Metallica. Mm, uh, even though you don't love them. Uh, also in video games, a series I... It's one of the series I meant to check up on. They were very important to me in this era during the, the, the DS. In not a pre-iPhone world, but like they haven't taken over the gaming landscape yet. Um, Trauma Center Under the Knife 2. Um, that was a game where you, with a DS, with the DS stylus, you would perform surgeries. Cool. And I mean, you, Sarah caught me looking at a screenshot, and it looks disgusting. Yeah. It, because it's, it's the 140p of the DS blown up let's say on this website that i used to work on to full page and like this is the worst way to showcase this game is anything good but i'm in that i'm in that i'm in i'm at that age and 30 2010 is in that era when like ah, let me see what the wikipedia says to ha- say about this game who wrote this shit oh it was me i wrote that oh jesus i don't remember any of this uh but i was reviewing i reviewed uh, several trauma center games uh but initial d extreme stage comes out on ps3 and the long-sought-after Xbox 360 version of Unreal Tournament 3 debuts this week. And I say that as a joke. That is a game about high performance and frame rate, and that wasn't really happening on the Xbox 360 right now. It was just kind of, they could do it, so they did, and no one really wanted it. Um, but that concludes the games of uh, 3010. Um, and I guess, any no other books? Anything um, like that? So 2008's like kind of a weird year for books when I was looking at it. Um, but I can tell you that the 
New York Times fiction bestseller book was Sale by James Patterson oh. and Howard Rohan, which, <laughs> sorry guys, I'm never going to read a James Patterson book, so I don't know what it's about, and I'm sorry, I can't tell you. I only read Janet Ivanovich. But one of the... <laughs> Um, but one of another thing that we can talk about is the comedy of 2008. Ooh. Finally, we started keeping track of what was um, the comedy billboard charts. And number one this week not was, a hotly contested field. No, <laughs> not not right now. But number one was Fly the Concords by yeah. Fly the Concords, which is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, if you love... If you love happiness, <laughs> yeah, fun you times, joy, friendship. Yep, friendship. Definitely, uh, one of the things we were talking about earlier, actually, mm-hmm. off mic, was about how much we love friendships that are portrayed <laughs> in, like, film and television, where it just it's, like, two people that just freaking love each other as best friends and fly the concords is pretty great this is a that. conversation about i just want to say detroiters yeah. the show i love a lot and detroiters is, is and broad city we yeah. were talking about them in tandem but Aww. yeah um and i think that fly the concords is a great example of that and the songs are extremely clever so oh, yeah. definitely check that out and that concludes 30 2010 for this week july 29th uh through june 5th is or no no not july june 29th through july 5th in the bag baby uh, you can find out more at 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. If you'd like to uh, throw a little support for the show, we will eventually have some uh, awesome incentives for uh, 302010 listeners at patreon.com slash lasertime. Again, we're going to do some full-length commentaries where you can watch stuff along with us. We have over 100 movie commentaries there if you like what we do and you'd like to support us. We're just trying to give you reasons. You don't have to use all of it. <laughs> uh, but, but it's there to give you a reason to maybe throw us the price of a cup of coffee every month to keep the show up on the air and the equipment up to date and food within our mouths. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true in my case. I'm starving over here. You saw my fridge. Die, <laughs> uh, we now have to go with the dies, right? Yep. We can talk about the dirty, dirty die. And, uh, <laughs> the dirty die death notes. Nah, dirty die death notes. Uh, yeah. Also, you can follow me at Listen a Nerd on Twitter, where I just complain a lot. And uh, also, because it's Summer of George, I'm teasing movies that are coming up uh, a couple days before a show drops at 302010 podcast as the numbers, not the word. Because um, someone else took that. I can't. I can't believe it. Anyway. I know it's, it sucks. You, the person, the people, who, the web series that took the URL. I wish I could just go out and hunt them down. Mm. Like, <laughs> Your shit's like 11 years old. Get, leave me that URL. All right. So uh, before we get to the birthday quiz, we'll talk about the deaths. Uh, this week, I could only find one, but uh, good riddance to bad rubbish. Uh, in 2008, we lost Senator Jesse Helms. He oh. was 86 from the great state of North Carolina, mm-hmm. which he served for 30 years. He would love the state of politics today, though. <laughs> he would love it. He said that all cases of AIDS can be traced back to sodomy, and so gays deserved oh. what they got. Oh. He, he was didn't elected? Like black people. He didn't like anybody. Oh. Uh. He was real bad. Yeah. Rest in piss, yeah. Jesse Helms. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. But okay, let's bring it back. Let's resurrect the sadness Bye. we're feeling right now with the <laughs> two birthday shout outs before the quiz I want to get to. Uh July fourth, nineteen ninety eight. Happy hmm. birthday, Malia Obama. Oh. Oh, yay. July fourth. That is adorable. And she's she's <laughs> she looks so pretty. She looks like her mom and stuff. That bad was bored to be a president. He can run yep, again, exactly. right? Oh, God. <laughs> he can run for anything else though, if he wanted to be a senator again. 
Ain't nothing stopping him. He could be on the Supreme Court. That'd be pretty cool. Indeed, such a fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> and just to redo all his policies again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only other president to be president and on the Supreme Court, Taft. Really? Yep. Also the fattest yep. president. Got stuck in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, by the way, is the most notable thing that can ever happen to me it's at this point. It's the only fact anyone knows about him. It happened to a friend of ours. I'll tell you who. After the break. Yes. Off mic. As always, I was going to make her the quiz, but I've done it twice now. I'd make it three years in a row. July 1st, Olivier de Havilland will turn 102. Still with us and still Dang, like woman. all there. Oh, and still suing with us, people. Still all there. <laughs> Unfortunately, lost her lawsuit against Damn. the Betty versus Joan miniseries. Didn't mm. like how she was depicted by Catherine Zeta-Jones. I love her moxie. <laughs> yeah. And I love the part of her lawsuit was like, can we rush this? I'm 100. <laughs> and it, it's, it was like a law, apparently. Like, she, they couldn't yeah, wait about, for oh, the lawsuit a to law. go through. If, if a plaintiff is over 70, you got to rush it. You can't dilly-dally till they what? die. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. So, knock on wood, 102. Fucking hell. Yeah. Anyway, this week's quiz, someone I thought was in more stuff than it turns out that they are. But born July 5th, 1963. Happy 55th birthday. Uh, she was born in Brooklyn, New York, went to State University of New York Purchase, where she was in the acting program with Stanley Tucci and Ving Rhames. Uh, that gives me nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll give me nothing. Yeah. He had some really small parts in movies. Some of them no words, like Copland, Bullets Over Broadway, and Private Parts. But then she appeared on Law and & Order, and got that got her a job on Homicide Life on the Street, where producer Tom Fontana saw her and put her on Oz. Edie Falco? Edie Falco! Boom. I am the worst Boom. at this game. I'm great at it. I'm the best <laughs> at the 30-20-10 game. So, other things I did not know about Tony. her, she's a breast cancer survivor, <laughs> vegan, Buddhist, and 12-time Emmy nominee, six for comedy for Nurse Jackie, and six for drama for Sopranos. Damn. She fucking rules. Did you not She's hear her a... WTF? Oh, yeah. It's so good. Oh, God. It was so good. The most unaffected by fame person I'd ever heard on that fucking show. 100%. Uh, yeah, she's fantastic. great. Fantastic. Fantastic. I hate to recommend the last thing I saw her in because it'll just get me in trouble, but I really did like Horace and Pete and her on it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. She's just one of the biggest stars on it. Can't do anything <laughs> about it. I know. It's fine. Uh, but that's it for 302010. <laughs> you can find out more at 302010.net or uh, Listen to our sister show, Laser Time, and we have a weekly exclusive Patreon bonus show at patreon.com slash laser time. It would really help us out. Thanks so much, guys. We'll close out with Pocketful of Sunshine by uh, Natasha Bendingfield, which is on the charts this week, Dime. God, even the easiest things you can't get. I don't understand. The the monitor is really small. Yeah, it's a much smaller monitor than she... Diana saw the big big monitor was there when she... It doesn't matter. I'm just just dumb. (laughs) It's... It's fine. Another reason for patreon.com slash laser time. If I think I'm bad at this, imagine me doing anything else. Awful. I got a